What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Our number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Midland, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. Kelly, you good? Yeah, I'm good. We got a little bit of news coming in. Lamar Jackson yeah. has asked for a trade as of. Four weeks ago. <laughs> we have retroactive breaking news. Yeah, so uh, Lamar tweeting this morning that he uh, requested a trade on March 2nd. So, as you and I were discussing, he, he, I don't know exactly where that leaves us right now. Let me read it real quick. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. And any and everyone that's, that has met me or been around me knows I love the game of football and my dream is to, and then I couldn't read the last three words like going off the screen. But he's essentially, I, this doesn't really change anything. It's always sort of, we've kind of known this to be the fact, right, that the Ravens could trade him, right? He, he, he just wants it to be on record that he requested this and that the Ravens have not been interested in meeting his value. I, I mean, I guess the one question that should be raised is, could Lamar Jackson, if no team, right, if, if you believe in this collusion thing, which I do, I do <laughs> because all the evidence tells us that there's collusion. Those five teams racing to tweet out that they're not interested in trading for Lamar Jackson as soon as the Colts, excuse the Colts, as soon as the Ravens, I just got 1983 there for a second, as soon as the Ravens were like, yeah, we're, we're going to do him to the non-restricted, right? The non-restricted uh, tender. Non-exclusive, yep. Yeah, the non-exclusive uh, tag. Five teams racing to say we're not interested, which was just ridiculous. And then the NFL going out of their way. You can't talk to anybody like Lamar Jackson, right? Like the whole thing is it's just overt. Yeah, and it's could similar. Lamar Jackson take his toys and go home this year? Could he just be like, I'm not playing for anybody? I would I, I would imagine as of seeing this stuff today, this is we're, we're finally beyond the point of these two sides working something out. And I put, think being a so. Raven next year. Yeah. E- either. Yes. Either he's sitting out. Or, or they make a trade work this offseason. Ladies and gentlemen, the Florida Atlantic University Owls uh, won a program record 31 games during the regular season. They won their conference tournament, nationally ranked the season for the first time in program history. They won Conference USA title for the first time. They won their first NCAA tournament game, and bam, here they find themselves in the final four out of Del Boca Vista. Okay, Let's it's Boca Raton. Go, baby! I'm sorry, it's Boca Raton. Uh, and we are we are thrilled to have once again on the show their play-by-play voice, who has been with them since I believe the year 2007. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at KLV1063. It's Ken Lavica, everybody. How you doing, Ken? 
Gail Kelly, I'm good. Yes, uh, this is, you were correct, by the way, with the years. And I, uh, I'm actually more interested uh, in talking about Lamar Jackson than myself, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, we're not, and I think you know why. Because people are going to be like, well, why, why do you need to talk to Ken and, and nobody else's play-by-play guy? Well, one, because you've been, you know, you went through a lot of really lean seasons. You could never have imagined that. You established that when you were on the show last week. But here's the thing. So it's the closing stages of this game. This moment that you couldn't even have dreamt of is possibly about to happen. Florida Atlantic going to the Final Four. Can you share with everybody what happened and how it almost didn't happen? Yeah, it. Um, so I am. I am my my own play-by-play analyst and engineer when it comes to FAU basketball and Kelly can attest to this because he's actually seen it in action when he was in South Florida uh, that's how it's always been this is an athletics department that isn't exactly flush with cash I'm fairly capable of handling these things on my own and so that's just how it's always been and so with just under 30 seconds left to go in the game on Saturday as Mike Forrest was going to the line for the first of what would be four free throws to put the game away, the producer back in South Florida texted me, hey, you're disconnected. And I thought to myself, oh, that sucks. Um, But usually it's just a pretty easy fix. Sometimes things glitch, and usually it's on this piece of broadcast equipment. You just reconnect. It's one touch of a touch screen, and you're good to go. Well, that didn't happen. So I tried it again. Didn't happen. Tried it again. Didn't happen. So here we are, and I'm sitting courtside in Madison Square Garden, uh, approaching arguably the biggest moment of my career, and I can't get on the air again. And so the way it's set up, there are two tiers of media rows at these NCAA tournament games. There's the front row that spans baseline to baseline where you have your broadcast teams, and then you have select national college media. Then you have journalists and other media in that second row. So along this row that I have, I've got Matt Norlander of CBS Sports sitting next to me. Andy Katz is sitting near me, and I start asking them, hey, can I try your Ethernet cord? Can I try your Ethernet cord? Because this equipment needs a hardline Internet connection. You can't just uh, connect the Wi-Fi. So I plug in Matt Orlander's court, nothing. Andy Katz's court, nothing. So I'm sort of, and Kelly knows me, I definitely, I'm not a very censored person. I'm also kind of twitchy and neurotic, and so twitchy. I, uh, I'm not handling, yeah, yeah, I'm not handling this well. And so I'm just trying to look to see where is the source of the Ethernet so I can see if something got kicked out, unplugged, something. It's Madison Square Garden. Of course I'm not going to find that. I have no idea. Uh, I'm just hoping for a Hail Mary here. And so then I asked my producer, hey, what's the call-in number so I can just get on a cell phone? And he goes, oh, I don't know. Like, are, come on, bro, are you kidding me? So uh, he he goes off to try and talk to the program director of the flagship radio station. I'm desperately searching for a way to get back on the air. He gets the call-in number. I call in, and I'm on a cell phone. And at this point, there's about 25 seconds left to go. And what saved me is that Kansas State, after the first two FAU free throws, Kansas State quickly hit a layup on the other yes. end, and Jerome Tang called a timeout. 
And so that saved me. That gave me about 45 seconds to a minute to sort of clear my mind. And so I've got the cell phone in my ear. I've got the headphones on my head, touching the cell phone in my ear. My shoulder is up to try and make sure the phone doesn't fall. I'm trying to update the situation, all while desperately looking for any sort of Internet connection that's going to work. And then it occurred to me, you know what, there's that second roll on top of me. Why don't I see if those work? I wonder if they have a different uh, source of Internet up there. But the problem is the cord is taped to the table, and so it's not long enough to reach my broadcast equipment. So I'm, like, ripping at this cord while talking into my phone with my headsets on my head. And finally I, I am able to rip the Ethernet cord away from the table. I pick up the broadcast equipment, all with the headset on and everything, plug it in, and sure enough, I notice – uh, the indicator on the broadcast equipment is getting an internet uh, connection to it. Wow. So then how do this, and I, I asked someone next to me, hey, could you hold this piece of equipment while I do the final 15 seconds of the game? The producer was able to switch from the phone, which I was on, to the internet, uh, to the internet, the actual clear broadcast signal. This guy is holding this piece of equipment while I am calling the final 15 seconds of the game. I got the final two Mike Boris free throws and the game-ending call. So uh, hey, I missed about four and a half. Let, let, oh, me, ahead, let, let me interrupt you, and let's play, after all of that, this is how the final call went from Ken Lavica from FAU. Here comes Noel up the near side, left front court. Three seconds now, two. Noel throws in Masood. High right. It's stripped away by Davis. He stole it. Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is going to the Final Four. One of the most improbable stories in college basketball history has just played out in New York City. Houston, you have a problem. Florida Atlantic is coming to town looking for a trophy. That is awesome. We never, <laughs> no one knew a thing. That was beautiful. Well done, Ken. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And making that call, all while I had proverbial poop in my pants after uh, <laughs> four minutes of, uh, of panicking. It was, uh, but what's crazy, I, I was off the air for four minutes, but I only missed, because of that timeout, about 15 seconds of game action. And that is what really saved me. Wow. Put proverbial poop in my pants on the bingo card, Kelly. <laughs> that is incredible. Wow. That is incredible. Uh, so, Ken, I, first of all, good. I mean, I would get nervous just listening to that story. I can imagine after 16 years waiting for that and that happening. So the, the question, and I'll let you go with this because we only have a couple minutes, is so here you are. It's happened. They're in the final four. Has have you allowed your brain to get to? Um, they could actually win this all. It has definitely crossed my mind. When you get to the final four, you're allowed to at least have a fleeting moment of, wow, I wonder if they're actually going to win the national championship. I do think, and I know that they have the lowest betting odds right now, but I do think they have a legitimate chance, and San Diego State is really, really good. Um, they come in with the second-best field goal percentage three-point in the nation, but if they, you beat the top three-point percentage defense in Tennessee in the Sweet 16. So anything is possible, but FAU continues to show they can play any style, anytime, anywhere. It's unbelievably exciting. It's amazing. Uh, Five-and-a-half-point dogs against San Diego State, plus 650 to win the national championship, the Florida Atlantic Owls. Ken, um, thank you so much for the time, and, and let me just say this. Uh, I hope uh, no technical difficulties this game or if it uh, advances or if they advance to the finals in the national championship as well. But you were awesome under the, the worst kind of pressure. Well done, sir. Appreciate you.
you, Gil. Thank you, guys. Let's go get him, Kenny. I've been rocking FAU shirts all week, Gil. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Kettle of Vic, everybody, at KLV 106.3. Could you, um, seriously, like, that? even that description, and I'm getting nervous. Listen yes. Could you imagine whatever it is that you do in life? You've waited 16 years for something that you didn't think was possible, and then technology at the worst moment is about to torpedo everything, and you managed to still come up with it. He had that ready to go. He's like, Houston, you have a problem. That's <laughs> yeah, that, awesome. He had that loaded, ready to go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm so happy for Ken and all those guys. And like you, you started start. You said starting to think about winning a national championship. We talked to him on Thursday when they finally won that game on Saturday. Like, it's setting in that FAU is going to the Final Four is massive. I asked everybody on the show last week, even Tim, even, even excuse me, even Will Hill, who had them getting the Final Four, have you allowed your brain to graduate so they can win it all? And they were still, nah, can't happen. Didn't happen till it happened. Anybody can win this. Coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with our MLB betting guide. It's available now and has futures, team previews, and best bets. Steve Mackinnon with power ratings on every team, plus Adam Burke breaking down how the new MLB rules will impact betters. Whether you bet baseball every day or looking for valuable futures bets, our betting guide has it all. Sign up today, get full access to VSIN for 30 days for only $19 at vsin.com slash subscribe. We get tweets at beating the book. I uh, don't want to leave anybody out from uh, from tweets today. Appreciate all the uh, feedback. This is from, where did we leave off? Where did we leave off? Oh, this is uh, this is from Dan Kobold. He said uh, he had his hand, talking about uh, Nemold here and, uh, and obviously Tremel at the end of the Creighton-San Diego State game. He had his hand on the shooter's hip and pushed during the shot attempt. Foul, to answer your follow-up question. 
yes, I had San Diego State money line. <laughs> yes, I I believe it should have been called as well. Yep. But I love how everybody again sees th- things through the uh, lens of their bet. But I think if you're being objective, yes, a foul should have been called. But I do agree with the the criticism of they didn't call it that way the whole game. That so that's that is definitely a thing that can be debated. You just again getting back to the beginning of the show. I just wholly reject the other argument though of. Well, you can't decide a game with that foul. That's just brain dead to me. Yep. Uh, Primetime, Cowboys underscore Cubs one. I was more appalled by the foul that was reversed and called on Texas when he had inside position on a box out. Miami dude jumps over the back and gets the call. Huge tie game with a minute left and would have been fifth on Miami dude. Yes, I had Texas to win it all. Again, everybody admitting what their bet is at the end. I totally thought that they got it right in the end. That was not over the back. That was the guy doing the box out, pushing back aggressively with his booty so that he just jackknifed the dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I was on Texas yesterday. That was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't even that. It's just college basketball, man. Like, these runs. These runs just happen. Dale J. Medecki. Great show so far, Gil. Looking forward to Paul Spore and Jason this week. Thanks for all you do. Tennis, anyone? DML3219. Tennis, Gil. Uh, I don't know what that one's about. Double J's. What a story from Ken Lavica, FAU play-by-play announcer. That call was perfect. Great get, fellas. All shout-out to Kelly Bidlin, who knows Ken uh, from Ken, way back when. Ken, great dude. Um, what he was talking about there, completely honest, Gil. I mean, I've been around that guy enough to know I <laughs> he was losing it in the moment. I can uh, guarantee you that. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't we all have all been losing in the moment? Are you kidding me? Yes. I mean, imagine that you're just, Mike's. And, like, that guy works his ass off. Like, he's talking about he does everything for that broadcast. He literally had the same box that they use for those broadcasts for since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since, since I, when I was there with him, yeah. Same thing. Mike Stacks. Mike Stacks 19. That was the best story I've ever heard. Great ending. Just amazing soundbite. You were saying the, the most famous thing that FAU's gym was known for was what? <laughs> People have been asking me about this because I spent a lot of the time around the program when I was down there in South Florida um, you know, often c- covering football and, ba- and basketball, but like the later years when I was there, you know, five five years ago plus, um, you know, like Lane Kiffin was the whole story, and the basketball team wasn't playing that well. Right. Like the gym was best known for Adam Sandler playing pickup games there. Like that's where I'd get hush 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 calls of like, hey, you know, uh, Adam Sandler's over at the gym. Basketball in here. <laughs> we live right down the road. Uh, but yeah, like that's like like this. There was a bunch of us that just started texting on Saturday because it was like the idea of this happening. Yeah. Like it was fun to talk about on Thursday, but when it actually happened, like that they made it to the final four, it's just like unthinkable. All right, let's, let's, should we do the tennis pick before the championship formula? Let's get the tennis pick out of the way. All right, so we've had a great tournament in Miami. We did lose finally yesterday uh, on Tarot Daniel as a dog, but uh, this tournament has been awesome for us. Taking another shot at one underdog today on the ladies' side. Varvara Gracheva, plus 185. Uh, she has uh, been playing great tennis, best tennis of her career for sure. Remember, she was the, uh, she was the lady who put uh, the end to the Katie Volleynets run in Austin, Texas a few weeks back. Uh, but Varvara Gracheva has really, really been uh, playing fabulous tennis. And her numbers stack up very, very nicely uh, against who is, again, someone who is a much more common name in tennis uh, that people know, uh, Petra Kvitova. Petra Kvitova, perhaps most famous for uh, someone 
entered her apartment years ago in attempted robbery and cut her, her hand up as in the struggle yeah. and they were worried that she'd never be able to play again and now she's playing you know she's she's her career resumed and great for her what a horrible story that would have been a sport that you know already had the monica sellis stabbing as as a you know a horrible marring part to it as well but so I'm I'm fading Kvitova today. Grucheva's numbers are just as good, and at plus one eighty five, that price is way off to me. So Grucheva, Varvara Grucheva, plus one eighty five is your tennis pick of the day in Miami. Before we uh, roll on to the formula, I just want to clean up some of the Lamar Jackson stuff. So, Please. Uh, probably not coincidental that Lamar started tweeting out as soon as John Harbaugh was about to sit down with a bunch of reporters at the <laughs> owner's meeting today. Nice job, Lamar. Yeah. And uh, John Harbaugh, also not one to be, uh, I, I think, uh, flinched by something like this. Quote for him, from him, uh, when we're playing football next year, Lamar Jackson's the quarterback, we're all going to be happy. Yeah, plus I don't know that this is a again. I don't know that this is a story. Is it? It's like, oh, I requested a trade on March second. Well, we kind of knew you were you and the team were on the outs with each other. We know you want to get paid, and if they're not willing to do it, you want to end up elsewhere. So where's where's the story in that? Okay, so I don't know. I guess I guess I'm thinking this is a bigger deal than you are. Maybe maybe I'm wrong because I think you're. That's the way I always looked at it for the past few weeks. He wants his money, and they're working on making this happen. The, to me, this is now, the after hearing that, I think that they're probably working more on moving but, Lamar but isn't than this the, making this happen. But isn't this the kind of thing that changes every day? So let's say he had a bad interaction with the Ravens, and now he wants everybody to know, oh, just by the way, I, I requested a trade four weeks ago, or three, three, four weeks ago. Whereas if they had a good conversation, he wouldn't have even have mentioned it. And so I, I just think this thing is fluid. And you're, you're probably right. Like, it is one day they could think to each other, okay, we're going to work it out. It's going to be okay. And then you realize, oh, it's, it's not nearly as close as we thought it was. Yeah. And so no, you, I no, should you, mention you're that right. I, I could absolutely change yeah. my mind. I just think – I think heading into today, I had it probably at 60-40. He was back to the Ravens. Yeah. I'd flip that now. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Come on, Washington. You can't go with Sam Howell. And oh, we got Sam Howell, Gil. We're all good to go. We're looking towards the future. It's about building on the young talent that's here. Howell, <laughs> Brissette, catch the fever. So I'm so sick of this stuff. We got Ryan Tannehill. We're all good in Tennessee. We're looking to win in a Super Bowl in a very difficult AFC. We don't need that guy. Who are these teams kidding? I don't know. Oh, man. All right, so championship formula. And by the way, shout out to Jared Earls, one of our uh, loyal listeners who uh, who follows the formula very closely and uh, points out where where you know there are there are sort of discrepancies in our description of it. So here's the championship with college basketball championship formula, which has been tried and true on this show, on the Beating the Book podcast, on the Betting Dork podcast before that for so many years, and this is updated now. Last 32 champs had more assists than turnovers. Remember, Alabama. Barely qualified on that. They're gone. 31 of the last 32 champs had a head coach with Sweet 16 experience. Kevin Ollie, 2014 UConn Huskies, the Shabazz Napier-led UConn Huskies, is the one exception to that rule. Let's bookmark that one. 26 of the last 27 champs went into the tournament with at least three wins versus teams in the top 10% of RPI. The Huskies of 2014, the exception. Remember, UCLA hadn't had those three wins. FAU, I believe, has not had those three wins. 
Last 27 champs had a top 75 strength of schedule. Remember, Houston barely qualified for this one. So it really was a reflection of how no team was really a slam dunk this year. Then the two big ones, 19 of the last 20 champs were in the top 20 in adjusted offensive efficiency at Ken Palm when all was said and done. 2014 UConn Huskies were 39th in adjusted offense. They were the exception. And then 19 of the last 20 champs were top 20 adjusted defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. The 2021 Baylor Bears, who finished 22nd in adjusted defensive efficiency, just a little bit of an exception to that. So here's the deal now with four teams left. If UConn wins it all, then you just add Dan Hurley along with Kevin Holley as the exception to the coach that had never been to the Sweet 16 before this. Because UConn's third in adjusted offensive efficiency. They're 11th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So if UConn gets there, eh, it kind of worked. You just add a name to that one exception, and so Kevin Holly is not alone. But right. if any of these other three teams win, Kelly, <laughs> it's done blown up. Yeah. yeah. Florida Atlantic's 24th and 29th, right? So not too bad, adjusted offense and defense respectively. But Dusty Mays never taken a team to the Sweet 16. They only have two wins against teams in the top 10% of RPI heading into the tournament. San Diego State, not only has Brian Dutcher never taken a team to the Sweet 16, they're 75th in adjusted offense, fourth in adjusted defense. 75th. That would be a massive exception. And a, ma- and a massive formula breaker. And then the biggest formula breaker of them all would be Miami. Yes, Jim Laranega of the remaining coaches is the only one that has been to multiple Sweet 16s. In fact, an Elite Eight and then a Final Four with George Mason. They only have two wins versus teams in the top 10% of RPI heading into the tournament. They're fifth in adjusted offense and get ready for it. 104th in adjusted defense. They're the most over team there is. Overy of all overs. UConn, for the formula to be intact, you got to get there. Coming back with Wes Reynolds next. Numbers Game Beast in the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Split bets! <laughs> Jeez. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. So you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, yet another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Not just today, not just tomorrow, year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Wes Reynolds standing by. Kelly, you have a uh, Jim Harbaugh quote do you oh no we've got actual audio this oh. is from mr harbaugh i believe at the owner's meeting this morning talking about the lamar jackson tweet i haven't seen the tweet it's an ongoing process uh i'm, I'm following it very closely just like everybody else is here and uh looking forward to a resolution i'm excited thinking about lamar all the time thinking about him as our quarterback we're building our offense around that idea and uh i'm just looking forward to getting back to football i'm confident that's going to happen played it smooth Love how he smiled through what the first a pro. part of that. Because well, he knows how good he yeah. is. Yeah. He's like, oh boy, I'm going to have to keep answering these questions, aren't I? Um, let's bring in Wes Reynolds, everybody. Wasn't going to ask him about this, but since we uh, play that quote, Wes Reynolds, everybody, uh, who joins us right now, the glue that holds this whole operation together. Wes, good morning to you, sir. How are you, man? Good morning. Um, let me just ask you this. By the way, host of VSIN tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the network with Matt Humans. Um, Lamar Jackson plays for the Ravens or does not this year? Your, your, your thought. I always thought that he was going to be playing for the Ravens, that they were going to find a way to get this deal done. Uh, we'll see based on the tweet that was released this morning, 
sounds like they've reached the point of no return. So now the speculation goes abound that, you know, he's going to end up perhaps a Houston Texan or an Indianapolis Colt. I'm a little lukewarm as the Colts fan and Colts partisan about Lamar Jackson because the Colts have done this, you know, the last four years. They've done this where they, they've had to go with the veteran quarterback instead of grooming a young guy, you know, to kind of go through the growing pains and get better with a young quarterback through the draft. I mean, we've done this with Brissett. We've done this with Rivers. We've done this with Carson Wentz. We've done this with Matt Ryan. And I know Lamar is younger still at this, this stage of his career than than those guys were, maybe with the exception of Wentz. But I, I, I think if you're the Colts and you're drafting in the top four of the draft, you got to come away with the quarterback. So to me, I know there are people pushing Lamar to the Colts, but to me, I'm taking a pass on that. Wow. See, you beat me to what my follow-up question was going to be because, again, you, you, you beat me to it, which is, yeah, Ryan and Wentz and Brissett uh, and Rivers are not a 26-year-old um, Lamar Jackson who is not injured seriously like Wentz was, um, not to that degree anyway, who has got his whole career in front of him. And it's funny because Kelly and I were talking off air after the show on Friday. Kelly, you'll back me up on this. We're amazed at the Lamar Jackson hate tweets we get Every time we bring him up, like the the ratio of Lamar of anti Lamar Jackson to pro Lamar Jackson is what four to one, Kelly? Just at least it's I, absurd. And 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 you also with the reaction of by the way, again we're showing the best winning percentage of starting quarterbacks, um, you know at this point in their just career wise with a minimum amount of games played, it's Mahomes, Brady, Staubach, and Lamar, forty five and sixteen. But you as a Colts guy just wouldn't want to go that direction. Interesting. Well, well, uh, you know, they do have Shane Steichen in now as the head coach. So I kind of think that maybe the Steichen camp would like to have a Lamar Jackson because they see that they can replicate or they think that they can replicate what happened with uh, with Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, that made him a bona fide MVP candidate. But the thing about it is the Colts don't have the team around Lamar Jackson. They don't have the offensive line that you can trust uh, around a guy that obviously you don't want to take away his talent in terms of what he can do with his legs, but you got to have an offensive line that you have some confidence in. And I have no confidence in this Colts offensive line. So mm. I, I just think that you're, you're spent, you're spending a lot more money with, with a guy that was a former MVP quarterback and keep in mind, he's like, whenever we have, have this Lamar Jackson discussion, it's always referred to as, Oh, he's an MVP. He was an MVP for one season. I don't think he really has been through his entire career. So that that's why I guess I'm I'm a little more more lukewarm on him. And I would just rather start. And this team I, I think still needs a massive rebuild in terms of talent. They have a few good pieces at different places, but it's really a mismatch of players right now. So I would rather just go with the rebuild. If you're in a position to rebuild, just go ahead and rebuild. See, I am, I think for most of these teams with Lamar, as we've discussed, Gil, I think it's ridiculous for them to, to, to uh, not even consider him. The Colts, I, un I understand. From where Wes is coming from, I understand. After this, I don't think he's completely comparable to, to the Matt Ryans of the world as far as quarterbacks coming in, but still. Like, the idea of just start it all over. This has been a disaster year after year with these quarterbacks. 
I'm okay if Colts fans feel like that. The, the Colts offensive line demise is a point well taken. Like a year ago, we couldn't imagine having this conversation about the Colts offensive line, but they just fell off a cliff. Um, let's transition to golf. We're coming off the uh, the Dell Technologies WGC match play, which uh, every time I looked up, Michael Dell was on TV yesterday. But it ends up being, you know, in the semis and the finals, West, the dogs got home. Sam Burns beats Scotty Scheffler. Cam Young beats Rory McIlroy. Burns was about plus 150. Cam Young was about plus 140 in those two matchups. They get into the finals, and then Sam Burns is a plus 110 dog. Rolls Cameron Young. I guess from a handicapping standpoint, do you, A, don't, you don't mind this different format, B, like this format, or C, can't stand this format? Well, look, I like the match play, the Dell match play as an event, and I liked watching it, and I thought we had some really good golf this weekend. And, of course, it helps, you know, from a viewing standpoint, the fact that they went to these, uh, you know, several years ago, they went to these group play uh, format where one get gets out of a little pot of four, and that helped get you better players through through this event because it was kind of you know it was one and done when they first started this event. Now Tiger Woods obviously was still able to make it through and win this a bunch of times, but they I don't think liked having you know the number fifty six seed in the semifinals of this thing. So they wanted to go to this pool play for water to find its level. And that's how you end up with people like Burns, Young, Scheffler, and Roy McElroy in the semifinals of this thing come Sunday morning. So from a viewership standpoint, it was better from a betting standpoint. It's re- it's really hard because, you know, you had a lot of value, I think, back then where it was the one versus the 64 and the two versus the 63, and they seeded them accordingly where it's one and done knockout uh, format, and it was a lot easier to bet because you could get some bigger prices with some of these underdogs. So from that standpoint, I'm not sad it's going away, but just from a fan standpoint, I'm sad it's going away. All right, Valero, Texas Open this week, obviously the Masters the following week. Um do you go light on tournaments prior to a major? Like, do you tread lightly or are you like, no, the guys that are there are trying to win. It doesn't affect the way I bet. I'm a little bit in the middle here because keep in mind, this is the last chance for these guys to get into the masters. And most of the field is that way. So you have to win to get that last invitation to Augusta national. And if somebody that's already in the field, that's qualified for the masters does win this thing, you don't give it to the number two guy. You don't give it to the, you know, top player that's not qualified. So this is where it's always a little, a little bit of an interesting dynamic here because you have guys that are probably here that surely they would like to win, but it's a tune-up for them, basically. Whereas, you know, a guy like Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler has got to win this thing. He has got to, he's got to win this thing to go ahead and get into the Masters. So, you know, it, it's a little bit in the middle, but you look at the history of this event, you don't necessarily want to take, like, all the chalky guys because you don't know the motivation because most of the chalky guys are guys that are going to be in Augusta next week. Speaking of which, if if someone's listening to this right now, they're not the most, you know, professional of golf bettors. They're a more casual golf better. Scotty Scheffler, the question is, if should everyone have a little part of Scotty Scheffler heading into the Masters? And if you don't, you're probably doing this wrong. Would you agree or disagree with that statement, regardless of the odds at this point? I guess you got to have maybe like a saver, you know, kind of uh, something where 
you know, if, if, if your card goes awry, you have at least got something. But maybe you could say the same thing about Rory McIlroy. I like the way Rory McIlroy putted this week. And he's got a new putter, an old putter, actually, that he used to use in the bag. Certainly seemed to have more confidence in it. So, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get the same amount of odds depending on your store of Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. So, you know, you, you may have to take a stand against at least one of those big three, whether it's Scotty, Rory, or Rom. So much fun. Cannot wait. There's nothing better than just hanging out on your couch and watching the Masters for four days. Uh, come next week after the Valero Texas Open. Uh, Wes, hang out if you would. I want to get Wes's thoughts on the uh, Final Four. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, UConn. His thoughts on betting both of those games, either spread or total. And any baseball thoughts Wes might have. We haven't had a chance to talk to Wes about the baseball season, see what he's doing season long. It's on the other side. It's a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. Kelly, Donald Trump has called uh, Hurricane Florence one of the wettest we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. It's a direct quote. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Okay. Uh, BetMGM rewards, everybody. <laughs> at, least, at least right about that. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotion subject qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, the feedback on these. This is from 
Scotty B726. Why is it wrong for the NFL owners to get together and decide they're not going to get held up? Because the Browns are the Browns. Should another team damage themselves with cap? 133 million guaranteed is disrespectful. Hey, uh, Scotty B, I think I've said it on many occasions here. I understand both sides of the argument. I understand yes. the owners don't want to acquiesce to the Browns giving $233 million guaranteed or whatever that number was to, uh, to Deshaun Watson. You're absolutely right. But there is a little something called collusion, and you're not allowed to do that. Just want to point that out. Is that along with don't make like we make? There's too many people making Lamar out to be like he's this like criminal and like he's like the guy that's like yeah no you know that that's holding up the whole system. It's like no this no this all got broken a year ago and now we're now we're maybe not together but we're trying to figure out how to piece this back together. Reasonable minds can understand both sides of this. Yes, ergo the stalemate. Like if I was in Lamar Jackson's shoes, you know how much, how much more obnoxious I would be? Oh, my gosh. I'd be throwing parades I up would, and down. Me Pay me th- my money. Kelly, I want you to act <laughs> as your own agent and everything. <laughs> Pay me my money. <laughs> Rich BSM. Ken Levick, a great story seems to happen to most of us. Multiple issues affecting weddings, big business appointments. Why? I wholesale NFL merchandise. My landline went dead when the Chargers made their first Super Bowl as 10-point dogs to Pittsburgh. Jason H. 11. A numbers game giving so much to the betting community, two of which are Tuchus Push and Proverbial Poop in the Pants. Hey, uh, Jason, you are welcome. That's all I can say. Brian Heap, as usual, Gil, you are 100% correct about the broadcast team understating the significance of the late foul by Creighton. As a San Diego State alumnus, I was thrilled that they fouled because it assured us of no worse than overtime. It was huge. And I will say this again, and I started the show with this. I felt like everybody has missed the point about the end of that game. CBS, they spent, I'll just say it again, they spent an inordinate amount of time on the question of whether there should have, whether the clock should have expired in that final 1.2 seconds. And they had Sterator on, and Kenny Smith is on, and they're going back and forth. It, it's a waste of time. I think ball went off Creighton anyway. They did correctly, and Jay Wright, thank God, Jay Wright was there, frame whether the foul was correct or not at the end, because there's two different debates. Is it a foul because you think, oh, a game shouldn't be decided by a foul at the end of the game? That's brain dead to me. But if you're saying it's because it was not called that way before the, the whole uh, balance of that game, and then that was a ticky-tack foul by comparison, that's valid to me. But the point that they missed is that McDermott should not have ordered them to give that foul and to then restart it for San Diego State, have them reset and able to call a play with 6.7 seconds left. We could go on. Oh, Corbin wants to talk about it. Are we going to mention Kyrie as the cancer with the Mavericks? Let me just say this because we weren't able to get to a lot of NBA today. But we get to Wes here back in a second. Tonight, you're absolutely right. Dallas teetering on the edge of not making even the play in. They're on the outside looking in as we speak. And the big game tonight, after Denver rolled the Bucks over the weekend, Kelly. Yeah. Tonight is the battle for the MVP. If, of course, Embiid plays. The battle for the MVP between... Jokic and Embiid, and we wonder how many of these voters, they'll never admit it, but what percentage of these voters are going to base their MVP vote on whatever happens tonight in this game if the two shall meet? If Embiid doesn't play tonight, I'll drink whatever eggnog anybody brings me from whatever month of whatever year ever. This guy is a lock to play tonight. Are you kidding me? Uh, Vintage eggnog from the year 2014 (laughs) coming on for Kelly Bidlin. Nuggets favored by five and a half tonight. 20, uh, 228 and a half the total. Wes Reynolds, kind enough to hang out with us. Uh, Wes, what about the two games this weekend? Uh, have you made a bet yet? We're talking Final Four now. 
I haven't made a bet yet. I still have a little uh, future pending on on UConn, but just looking at when they first came out, my initial leans were Florida Atlantic uh, in the first game and UConn in the second game. I, I think UConn is clearly the best team in the tournament, and that's who I picked in the in the uh, the uh, college basketball uh, or the tournament, whatever we're titling it, the the betting guide. So I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, though, because I also had Purdue in the Final Four. So you know you got to take the sweet with the sour when you're uh, looking back on that. But I found an interesting tweet uh, yesterday. And much was made about the fact that obviously this is an unconventional Final Four and that we don't have a McDonald's All-American in this uh, Final Four for the first time since they started the Burger Boys back in 1979. However, there is still some talent on these teams in this Mm -hmm. tournament, and I don't think that that should be overlooked. I think this was the uh, Recruiting Services Consensus uh, Index, and it was put out there yesterday that the Final Four doesn't have a feature Top consensus top 30 recruit for the first time. However, when you look at this, UConn's got four top 50 kids. They're the most talented team in this tournament. You can still win big in college basketball if top 50, top 75. I mean, everybody wants those, you know, top 25, five-star McDonald's All-Americans, but UConn has the most talent. And of that top 50, it's not even their best player, Adama Sanogo, amongst them. I went to the game on a Saturday night over at T-Mobile and just how much faster and how much more athletic that I felt this team was than Gonzaga. And look, Miami, I think, can match their athleticism maybe a little bit more than Gonzaga certainly did Saturday night. But I still think that this is the team to beat. However, when you've got uh, a five seed, a nine seed, a five seed, and a four seed, I guess how much confidence can you have in a team? But UConn is that last team standing of that, you know, that old Ken Palm ranking where you add the offensive efficiency and the defensive efficiency. And if it's less than 50 going into the NCAA tournament, I think of the last 20 years, only one year, and that was actually UConn, ironically enough, in 2014. That was the uh, Shabazz Napier run uh, in the tournament with Kevin Ollie as head coach. I think we've mentioned that from time to time on this show. I, a couple of things in your reaction. One, don't feel bad about Purdue. I had them, too, in the Final Four. And the thinking, which I'm sure was your part of your thinking, too, which is they were in a bracket where if they could have gotten by the FAU Memphis winner – it was kind of theirs to have, and as it turned out, they couldn't even get by fairly Dickinson. So don't feel too bad. Like there was a logic to it anyway, the way that the bracket crumbled. The other thing, and the only other thing about UConn, you're so right. They've been the most dominant team. They're absolutely the one that fits the formula. Um, on the other hand, those Miami kids, man, Wes, they are good, and they do not appear to be scared of the stage. They beat. Uh, Alabama, excuse me, they beat Houston, they beat Texas, not to mention your Hoosiers before that. I don't want to disrespect your Hoosiers, but Houston and Texas, like, I don't think they're scared of anything. No, disrespect the Hoosiers, disrespect the entire Big Ten because they've been a disaster <laughs> in this tournament. On the women's side, been very good, though. Eight and, or three teams in the Elite Eight, unfortunately, in Indiana, not among them. But look, uh, Miami has been battle tested, and I got to give credit to Jim Laranaga. Yes. This guy is an excellent coach, and he's been an excellent coach for a long time. And he said something after they uh, beat the aforementioned Hoosiers in the second round in a post game interview that I thought was a lot more insightful than most of these interviews are we're hard to guard and that's what you have to be is you have to be hard to guard they space the floor 
They're not a very big team. They have Omir, who's an undersized big guy, who's a pretty good rebounder, though, by the way. But they, they just spread the floor. He gives them the freedom. They shoot the ball. Sometimes you got to live with some bad shots with these guys. But you would rather have that than, I think, these teams that, like, play a slog and are always working to the end of the shot clock and ended up not getting a very good shot and taking some bad, you know, long two at the end of the possession. Super rapid fire because we only have 45 seconds. Do you have a play on either of the semifinal NIT games tomorrow night? Uh, I do I do not as of yet. I think that uh, I want to look past Utah Valley a little bit because you have two of the final four coaches here in the NIT that are likely to have different jobs. And that's Grant McCaslin at North Texas, who's probably going to Texas Tech. And it seems like Mark Madsen, who Stanford, his alma mater, passes on, mm -hmm. may end up as the Cal coach. So uh, I actually lean UAB over Utah Valley. All right, UAB favored by three in that game against Utah Valley. And then finally, have you made any baseball bets? And if so, what is your single favorite one that you've made? Ten seconds. Just just a couple of season wins. I, I like the Diamondbacks over 74 and a half wins. I think these new bases are going to help this team because they're going to run a lot more and they're going to be a lot of old school baseball on the base path. So over 74 and a half on the Diamondbacks for the wins. You and Paul Sporer aligned on that. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Wes Reynolds along with Matt Humans, host of Beeson tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, nightly right here at the network. We've done all we can do. Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from Beeson, the sports betting network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.